funniest player on the team for me is Belly, and it's the way he delivers for real. It's like when he delivers his jokes, there's no laugh, and you really can't even tell if he's serious or not. We deserve this win, man. Fox Sports 5 flying high in Motown. Oh, my goodness. I'm feeling great, man. I'm feeling the best I've ever felt. I'm excited. I'm, I'm all about winning. I know that the fans here are extremely loyal and passionate. And just like them, I, I want to become not just a playoff team, but a sustained playoff team and eventually get back to some of that championship success and contention. With the 12th pick in the 2020 NBA Draft, the Sacramento Kings select Tyrese Halliburton. Imagine being one of those players that's on a team that you know hasn't been in the playoffs in over a decade, almost two decades, about a decade and a half, and then being the first team to actually get to the playoffs. Just being able to be a part of that would definitely be something special. And if we can, you know, end up building a championship contending team, you're winning a championship in Sacramento. Like that's that's looked at a lot differently. You probably feel better than you do with anything else. Welcome back to another episode of the King's Pulse Podcast presented by the King's Herald. My name is Brendan Nunez. Got Bryant West on here as we always do. Last episode before the 2021 draft. Bryant, how's it going? I'm uh, way too many um, condensed games on prospects that I should have uh, been studying earlier in the year. So it's a bit of a mad rush, but uh, this is the best time of year. And, you know, the next time we talk, we will know who the Sacramento Kings took at nine or who they traded for. So pretty excited. Yeah, and we got Nate Miller on here as well. Nate, we have you on, uh, seems like every offseason, or I guess we've only been doing this two years now. Um, cover the so draft it's every offseason. <laughs> yeah, every offseason. Um, but thanks for joining us, Nate. Yeah, I'm happy to, happy to be here. I, I, love, I love the draft. It's just, it's, it's the sign of hope. So really looking forward to, uh, it's, just, it's just so close. Almost yeah, Nate there. definitely has the deepest knowledge of prospects um out of us here at what it's at least triple digits and i can't say i reached that this year this year felt like a shorter list for me more focused about the top um but can't say enough about the draft work you do nate and it's at journalist nate on twitter so thanks for joining man and we're gonna go through 39 picks today because it covers both the sacramento's picks i'm not sure how interested the listenership would be in 40 to 60 my guess is gonna be not that much um so we're gonna go with nine and 39 from Sacramento's point of view. And we're going to alternate every pick here. So Brian's going to take first. I will take second and Nate will take third and we'll keep alternating in that order. Um, and we're not going to be trying to predict what we think teams would do. It's if we were um, in this team's position, who would we take? Because um, more likely than not, a lot of things that seem like uh, locks in these mocks are going to end up not falling through. There's going to be plenty of trades come draft night. We've already seen this one with uh, Memphis, but yeah, that's the way that we're going to approach this here. And is there anything else you need to preface this with before we just kick it off, Bryant? Nope, I think that fully covers it. All right, well, on the clock, Detroit Pistons, first pick, 2021 NBA draft. Uh, well, I wonder who I'm going to take here. Um, if the Detroit Pistons take anybody but Cade Cunningham, they will have been making a big mistake. Um, he is a fantastic prospect in almost every single way, uh, fantastic improved shooter great playmaker uh very smart defender easy easy pick and i mean i'm not saying that because this draft class doesn't have a ton of dudes who in most years would be consideration for number one evan mobley jalen green jalen Suggs, all would deserve consideration if uh kate cunningham didn't exist but kate cunningham exists and he is the clear number one for me 
Yep. Um, I, and up next, second pick Houston Rockets is myself. And I'm actually going Jalen Green here from the Ignite. Um, I do have Mobley right there on my board. Um, I, I, him and Green are really close fighting for that two spot for me. Um, but what it comes down to for me, and I forget who pitched this argument, but it was really intriguing to me, is that when you're building a roster, it's easier to find a starting level center than it is this explosive scoring guard that Jalen Green is. So I, I think that they're so close that um, that consideration of team building is what made me lead Jalen Green, like obviously going to be a ridiculous scorer in this league, could be one of the best with his athleticism. Um, I think his defense is good. I don't know if that's too controversial. Um, and obviously the playmaking needs to take a little step, but I'm going Jalen Green second for Houston. Um, and the third pick here, we have Nate with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Yeah, if I'm the Cavs, I'm taking Evan Mobley, big man out of USC, freshman, um, all around game at size. Uh, obviously, he you know needs to work a little bit on physical development, um, do a little bit, improve a little bit more on rebounding. That might just be, you know, the, the team that was around him. And obviously, you know, I think there are some concerns about whether he has that edge to dominate. But um, there is Chris Bosh upside there. Um, some of the things that stood out to me aside from just his general overall production was, um, you know, incredible at rim finisher, despite that thin frame um, and, you know, 63 dunks on the year, 3.7 stocks. Uh, I just, you know, he's, I think he's really an all around star that would be better than any of the players on their team, even though they have some, some really nice young talent. I think he'd give the big, uh, them a big man that the, uh, that they can build around. I obviously completely agree with that, and I don't want to derail the mock too much, but <laughs> I do think we're in that that time of year where uh, even the prognosticators who are undervaluing uh, Evan Mobley are saying he's he's a combination of Chris Bosh and Anthony Davis, and I'm thinking, <laughs> well, if he's that, why is he third on your board? But um, number four to the Toronto Raptors. This is easy. It's the same one. We're just going to keep making whichever one of those three guys falls to the Raptors. They are, they should eagerly take, uh, just take Jalen Suggs. He'd be fantastic in Toronto. He'd fit really well with, uh, their two way system. Um, I think that he would be uh, a favorite of Nick nurse just really quickly, uh, clear and obvious best player on the board. In my mind, uh, I keep hearing, rumors that they're trying to trade down and i just don't get it because i think that could really use a uh, another guard with his upside yeah and uh five for the orlando magic you know i have moody wagner and barnes all neck and neck and i think that when you're really looking to set a culture and the highest upside of those guys um i, I do think i'm going scotty barnes here for orlando um and I, I think that he is the high up, highest upside I have in this tier, aside from Kuminga, who just feels like too big of a risk for me, and I might end up bumping down to the top of the next tier. Um, but I, I really like the defensive versatility, obviously, of Barnes, and I think that um, his infectious energy can really set a good culture there. And if you are able to unlock some of his offense, he, he just has tremendous potential. So um, and with the position Orlando's in, I am going Scotty Barnes at five. Ooh. On the clock at number six, Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, I think I'm going to do uh, be the first big surprise of this draft. I'm going to go with uh, Alperin Sangoon, uh, big man Woo! out of Turkey. Um, I would say overall, my just approach is uh, I think the Thunder they're just going to take the biggest shots, and I think their last draft really showed they're going looking at international players. 
obviously the the guys uh, on the pod with me have done better uh giving me a synopsis of him but obviously he excels with a uh, strong paint finishing with mobility fluidity and strength he you know he does lack some explosion defense is a concern um there's some concerns also about whether that jump shot can extend you know when before his new measurements came out i was I, I felt he had kind of a Louis Scola type game, but um, I, you know, I can see that Kevin Love comp making a little bit more sense, which can feel a little outdated, um, especially as uh, Kevin Love's uh, star has stopped shining as strong. But you know, he just is a player that excels in a lot of analytical models, and I think you know, you're just looking at the Thunder's draft profile. I I, I don't trust the smoke uh, of uh, Book Knight being the player there. Love it. Yeah, that's a, a, a very high upside pick for the Thunder there. And uh, I think that would be the straw that broke the camel's back and made our buddy <laughs> Will Griffith just <laughs> fully become a Thunder fan because uh, Al Prince and oh, Poku on the same team. Are you kidding me? And just forget about it. Um, boy, I thought I was going to be sitting here at seven for the Warriors and I was going to break my own heart and take Moses Moody here. But uh, if Scotty Barnes is on the uh, board for the Warriors, I think – he is uh i did take scotty barnes at five actually oh you picked scotty barnes (laughs) of course you freaking did oh well then i'm gonna break my own heart um i'm gonna take moses moody for the warriors i think uh i think that this to me is a very natural spot for him to go i've already uh started dreading seeing warriors fans freaking out about him um fantastic two-way player the best defender left on the board in my opinion, a uh, great shooter helps space the floor. doesn't really help their uh, ability to put pressure on the basket, which is something they need outside of Steph Curry. But I think he would be an absolutely fantastic player in Golden State and uh, a much needed uh, infusion of talent on both ends. I like it. Um, I don't know what to do here at eight with Orlando. Um, actually, I do. Um, yeah, I'm- I'm going James Booknight. Um, I just don't know how many, you know, I think it came down to Wagner, obviously, um, Booknight, Kuminga, and and also Giddy. Um, I, I don't think that you can take Kuminga. Really, like, I just don't know how many projects you can have on your team. Um, like, I think Scotty Barnes is very much a project on offense. I think that um, RJ Hampton and Cole Anthony still have a lot to figure out on, on that end. Um so I, I think they really need a high usage offense guy. Um, and, and I think James Booknight can do that and, and be a high level scorer in the league. So I'm going James Booknight here uh, at eight to Orlando. Oh man. So that, I, I think if this draft starts falling this way, the Kings are looking at Wagner, Kaminga and Giddy. I swear I wasn't trying to rig it by the way. <laughs> oh no. Promise you. I just, I'm sit, I've been sitting here thinking the last few days, it feels like Thomas Robinson all over again. Not, <laughs> not the same player, but the, just, I, I, I don't, I'm very scared of the, the touted prospect that's available when the Kings ha- can draft. I, I think we should all talk this through before you make your pick. Okay. Because yeah. this is a <laughs> I real, don't know if you were about to lock it in a million ways. Yeah, but talk me through your thought process here, Bryant. Well, I, or, or to set the table, for, sorry, for anyone that hasn't been able to keep up, off the board is Cade Cunningham, Jalen Green, Evan Mobley, Jalen Suggs, Scotty Barnes, predicted top five, um, and then Alperin Shengun, Moses Moody, James Booknight. So correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but the 
choice is kind of Wagner Kuminga, right? Yeah, I agree with that. Um, and uh, it's a it's a real choice between um, insane upside and a uh, guy whose upside is being undervalued, but is a relatively safe player. Um, I know that we all love Franz Wagner. The argument for Jonathan Kuminga here is that he is an insane athlete, played in the G League at just 18 years old. Um, the downside is, like Nate was saying, it, it you're gambling here on the tools, um, and the Kings have not had the best success uh, in those sorts of gambles before. You have to really, I think Kuminga is a dude that you absolutely have to trust your development staff if you're going to take him in the top 10 uh, and I've bumped him down to number 10 on my big board because I just, I, I watch a dude who was clearly uh, overwhelmed to a certain extent by the grown men that he was playing against, but the things that he could control his shot selection and uh, his defensive motor, they were just so inconsistent in the games that I watched. So I think he's a lot more dangerous a prospect than his pre-draft pedigree might um, indicate. But there's no doubt in my mind that he has the highest upside left on the board. He definitely has more upside than even Franz Wagner, a dude we all love. But Franz Wagner is infinitely more safe. And I think that, you know, just that much of a discussion may be doing Franz Wagner's upside some disservice because I definitely think that a dude at his size with his dribble, shoot, pass, defense combination is uh, infinitely valuable at the NBA level. So I do not envy Nate having this pick nine. It was not our plan to give him this uh, this difficult decision when we started this month. Yeah, I, I think my thoughts on Wagner are pretty known, but when it comes to Kaminga here, it's funny because I, I think like in Memphis' situation, I would jump on Kaminga really quickly. And I think their rosters are very comparable here, but I think it's really obvious that the Kings want to try to get better right now. And I don't think Kuminga does that. So I just worry that the team doesn't have the patience to develop him. Um, you know, maybe it, it shouldn't matter, but like I think the fan base would be pretty annoyed with Kuminga at first. Um, I don't know if they would be understanding and patient after, you know, maybe some trauma from from Bagley's lack of production sort of thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that the upside's clearly there and the Kings need another guy of what potentially Kuminga could be. Um, but I, I think they also desperately need a Franz level role player. And like Brian talked about the safety there, I, I think this really just comes down to whatever your draft philosophy is for this pick um, is what I feel like at least. So where are you at with this, Nate? Yeah, I think honestly, you look at Kaminga, if you dropped his points per game, to, if you told me he averaged 10 points in the G League, but was just a lockdown defender, I would feel a lot more comfortable about his game. Um, obviously, he's highest upside. I think in, in this outcome, with analytics driven as the front office is, I, I could see them trading back, even if it was just one spot, mm -hmm. um, to just derive some sort of value. I would love that. But um, I don't forget, you know, forgive me if I'm, I'm missing something, but I haven't heard even one mention of the Kings having worked him out, interviewed him, whether at the combine, you know, met him, nothing. And you could even, you could look at that either way, that, that, that they're completely trying to hide a prospect, which they haven't seemed to have tried to hide high, high level first round prospects or, you know, or the other outcome. 
So I just wouldn't feel comfortable with this team. And I just think a player like Franz Wagner ties into the Halliburton. It ties into Barnes. It, you, if you have that, those three players in a lineup with Fox, that really actually enables Fox to do the things that he's really great at. It, it cements him as the number one option, the big time scorer, and the rest of the starters all there connecting and enabling him to, to shine. So, yeah, with the ninth pick, I'm going with Franz. There we go. All right. I think that's <laughs> the call I'd make, too. But not an easy one. I would definitely explore trading down. Like, I, I think there's real potential even just trading down one pick, you mm-hmm. know, if you're able to do that. Um, but, yeah, obviously I like the pick. <laughs> this would be a weird time for you to change your mind. Yeah. <laughs> 10, the now Memphis Grizzlies, Bryant. Boy, um, yeah, I think this one's easy. I think they take Jonathan Kaminga and they laugh. Um, I know that they uh, were trading up with an eye on Josh Giddy, so maybe they also feel that this is too early for um, Kaminga or it's not a good risk for them, but they're clearly a team that is not content with just the eighth seed. Um, and if Jonathan Kaminga pops – like that team is is scary, scary on both ends of the court. Yeah, I think Memphis would be really happy with that outcome. 11 here, um, Charlotte Hornets. You know, I, I think this made a lot of sense, obviously, as a Shangoon spot. I think you can get a center in free agency in here. I'm just going best on my board. I'm going Josh Giddy. Um, the playmaking, the way the ball would move around with him and – Lamelo would be a sight to see these play finishers of PJ Washington, Miles Bridges, um, potentially Rashawn Holmes. Sorry, sorry, um, would really benefit from that. You know, I, I think that's somewhat of a little bit of a questionable fit. That, but I think those guys would be able to make it work. And just the basketball IQ of uh, of those two guys as a pairing um, is really intriguing to me. And it's the best guy left on my board by a decent margin right now. So I'm going Josh Giddy at 11 to the Charlotte Hornets. Oof, that leaves uh, me up with the next pick with the Spurs. Um, you know, I think the Spurs need, they need a lot of front court help. Uh, I think that they are a team with a track record on um, most recently drafting some really high level athletes, um, even some with some, if not character concerns, at least just concerns about their game. And um, I know it's not necessarily a fan favorite among some of the other fans but i think that they they'd be happy to select uh, jalen johnson the uh, big man out of duke um kind of a stocks monster some um aaron gordon upside maybe some james johnson median outcome obviously had a lot of flashes at duke um but um and some questions about whether you know why he left the team but um you know, I think that the Spurs have a really good culture, and anytime you're looking at the players that there are no questions, you you kind of hope that they get put, you know, tied together with teams that can really help support them. So that's that's what pick. That's a good one. I hadn't ever considered Jalen Johnson for the Spurs, but I think that that is a good landing spot for a team that would probably get the best out of him. Um, if I'm Indiana. I think I'm going upside here, and uh, that makes it Zaire Williams for me. Um, I think that he'd be a really good fit for them. They could be patient with him. Um, 
I think uh, his shooting upside would be a great addition to that team. If he hits his ceiling, ceiling outcome, he's suddenly the best scorer on that squad. Um, and that's a fantastic outcome for them. But either way, I think the worst, he's going to be a, a very solid sixth man, fifth starter who can shoot the ball and plays high at motor defense. He's been one of my favorite fits to Indiana for a while mm-hmm. now. I think in the mock that we did for Kings Herald, um, that he went. You talked me well. into it. I love that pick. I love that yeah. pick. They just don't have anything like that on their roster. Um, at least the upside that Zaire has. Fourteen here, fourteen here at Golden State. Another fit I love. Um, Davion Mitchell is who I'm going with. I have a couple guys that are in the same tier that I would probably prefer on other rosters, but I think a team that's really trying to make something happen next season, the Mitchell can come in and, you know, obviously there's intrigue on the offensive end with some space creation and and we'll see how good of a shooter he does end up being at the next level. But I think he's at least respected from there, obviously Um, in the defense. I've kind of thought recently, like I might just be overthinking this. Like we saw him checking Cade Cunningham, who is, you know, six, eight and doing a really good job of bothering him. So, you know, I, I know it takes an outlier like a Patrick Beverly. I, I want to say Eric Bledsoe, similar s- small size as well to be a good defender at that size. But I, I think that uh, Davion Mitchell has given me enough reason to believe it. So I'm going to uh, Davion Mitchell, 14 here at Golden State. I think I feel like 15 is a, is a big trade down possibility. Um, I think the Wizards are definitely at a crossroads. It's hard to find a player that really fits or to just know what they're going to go with. I think if you look at their last two drafts, they they kind of uh, drafted two good character guys and Denny and Rui. Um, they definitely need help, you know, in the back of guard spots. So, you know, I'm flip-flopping between Jared Butler and Corey Kispert, but I think you got to go. I think if you're going to make Denny and Rui work in some way, you need shooting. And so I'm going with Corey Kispert um, at, at 15, just kind of great shooter at most at pretty much every level. Um you know, uh, not a horrible defender. Um, so it doesn't, I don't think he really solves their problems there. Um, just a good, just a good value pick for them. All right. Okay. (sighs) See it's 16, man. They can just do whatever they want. Um, if they're taking Poku and Sengun, uh, at number six, (laughs) I think they need some defense and the highest player left on my board is, uh, Usman Garuba. Um, I think he's just an absolute defensive battle tank. I love watching that dude. So switchable, can really do a bunch of different things on defense. Not sure what he's going to do on offense, but that team already has so many positive uh, offensive prospects that I think they can afford to uh, really gamble on a dude who's probably one of, if not the best defensive prospect in this class. Yeah, love that pick. And then sitting here, 17, the Pelicans, where they traded down um, in that exchange with Memphis that just happened the other day here. Um, got a couple names. Jared Butler, Trey Murphy, um, or Jaden Springer. I, I think I'm going Jaden or uh, Jared Butler here, you know, um, with it seeming like Lonzo is potentially walking, um, Eric Bledsoe gone. Um I think that they could use some veteran presence from their point guards, even if, you know, it seems like Nikhil Alexander Walker and Kyra Lewis are the future. I think they could use a little bit of a veteran presence there and somebody that can break their down their guy down off the dribble and space the floor as well. So I'm going with Jared Butler here, 17 for the Pelicans. You have to keep hearing them, their names again, but 
Okay, C is back on the clock. Uh, I think I'll probably keep it simple too. Just, just we're going with the big swing uh, approach. I think I'll go with Keon Johnson, uh, wing defender out of Tennessee. Just absolute elite level athlete. Uh, you know, I'd love to see him even take on the Olympic Games at some point with the high jump or something. Just incredible defender uh, as as a freshman. Even if there's some concerns there. Um, and you know that they're known for just kind of taking taking some of these incredible athletes. So I don't feel great about it, uh, but that's uh, I I would definitely also consider Kai Jones, mm -hmm. um, just kind of that ball of clay, big man. Um, but um, I feel happy about Keon Johnson. I think. Boy, I'm in a conundrum here for the Knicks at number 19 because I feel like they could do two different things here. They could take Jaden Springer and take a really good defense first combo guard. Um, but I'm going to go with the guy I have a little bit higher. I'm going to take Kai Jones here. I know they're going to lose Nerlens Noel, and for, or they're probably going to lose Nerlens Noel in free agency. And uh, I'm not entirely sure that uh, Mitchell Robinson is long for that team. Um, but they always need defensive first players. Kai Jones is going to take a year or two. So maybe uh, Tom Thibodeau says, what? No, don't freaking take a project big. What are you doing? Um, but to me, he has the highest defensive upside of anybody left on the board. Um, and I would absolutely love to see him under Tom Thibodeau for two, three, four years. Yeah, getting all your guys here. Uh, pretty fitting. The last three picks, Kai Jones, Usman Garuba, Zaire. I don't blame you. Don't blame you. I probably would have taken <laughs> him right after you if you didn't. So Yeah, that was literally uh, all these guys are still in my top 15. So my board's working out. Yeah, I feel pretty good here. 20 in Atlanta. Um, Jaden Springer, really quick. Uh, they need a backup guard, um, a guy that also can play alongside Trey in some lineups. Um, I am extremely happy with Jane Springer here. I think a guard's exactly what they need. Um, I'm running to the podium to pick 20 Jane Springer. Uh, 21, I think, to, to fill up that uh, the Tibbs uh, draft in the first round with the Knicks, uh, Miles McBride. Don't know if this is a, a surprise for some. He's the excellent uh, point guard out of West Virginia, elite uh, transition defender, just good point of attack uh, defender. You know, he's a developing floor general who maybe has fallen a little too in love with the pull-up, um, maybe average vision, um, but it do he does really feel like a, a good prospect at the point guard position for Knicks roster that needs it. And we all know Tibbs loves defense. So 21 Knicks go with Miles McBride. Why did I let myself get talked into picking for the Lakers? Man, I hate this. Um, it's a conundrum here because I feel like they would really consider a couple shooters who I have a tier below uh, the guys we're still talking about. Um, so I just got to go with the best player available left on my board. I got to go Keon Johnson. I don't know that that roster could really handle another. Uh, I think Keon was taken earlier. Yeah, was he? Thunder. Thunder pick. Was he? Oh, I am so bad tonight. I apologize. <laughs> you are all good. Well, that makes this easier. I'll just take Trey Murphy for them. Um, I have Trey Murphy mm. lower than a couple of the wings uh, left on my board, but I think the Lakers absolutely need shooting. Uh, we keep hearing those buddy to the Lakers rumors, um, and uh wouldn't surprise me if uh, the Lakers are picking for the Kings at 22 on draft night. <laughs> Um, and if they are, I might take somebody else here. I might, 
uh, seriously look at my buddy JT Thor. Uh, I might seriously look at Isaiah Jackson if the Kings didn't get a center at number nine. But Lakers need shooting. Lakers need somebody who doesn't need the ball in his hands to be effective. Trey Murphy, pretty much one of the only two things he did on offense in Virginia was catch and shoot shot, and he was dang good at it. So uh, I think that's a pretty dang good pick for them. And I'm not going to pick somebody uh, who already got picked again. (laughs) I don't know what to do here at Houston. Uh, I, my two favorite guys left are Sharik Cooper and Trey Mann, but with Jalen Green already, or um, I'm sorry, Jalen, yeah, Jalen Green already picked there. Um, KPJ, John Wall, like I feel a little weird about taking another guard. Um, I'm going to take Isaiah Jackson. It's an upside swing on a big um, that I think they can take a little bit of time developing behind Christian Wood and maybe eventually they can play alongside each other and Jackson can clean up a little bit after Wood if you're looking at that in the future. But I'm going to take Isaiah Jackson here at 23. I like that one. So I just wanted to point out, um, you know, we've all noticed that the Grizzlies are the official team of draft Twitter, but um, some some folks might have missed that the Rockets have made also a lot of really interesting hires in their (laughs) department. And so I I love it. I would not underrate um, the Rockets kind of picking a lot of draft Twitter's favorites. I don't, I, I struggled with a lot of the Rockets picks and I'm even looking at, you know, the board I have and trying to find like a draft Twitter darling, some kind of fit. Um, and, you know, the old, I, I'm looking at them and I feel like I'd be go too low drafting some of these people. So uh, I think I'll pretty much stay standard, standard range and, uh, go with Sharif Cooper. Um, the just there you go, big time creator uh, out of Auburn. Just a wildly insane uh, usage and uh, and 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 assist uh, percentage this year. Um, not a great shooter. Probably can't defend anybody. But if you think you can turn him into a shooter, uh, I think that's a that's a that's a nice pick at this at uh, this point in the drafts. He's a guy that yeah, I could feel like he – I feel like he could really end up outperforming it where he gets drafted. I don't know if I'm as high as draft Twitter overall as on Sharif Cooper, but you can't have – there's no more uh, draft Twitter dude left on the board than <laughs> Sharif Cooper. <laughs> um, all right. Let's see here. I got the Clippers on the board. How patient are the Clippers really going to be at this stage? Man, this one's there, tough. There is a 24-year-old available. Yeah, I, I just saw his name still on my <laughs> big board. Yeah, it's Chris Duarte. He's probably going higher than this uh, on draft night. I don't think he necessarily should, um, but clear, promising shooter, uh, very solid defender, although I think he's getting a little overhyped on that end of the court. Um, as our buddy Chris would say, you know, these kind of dudes, how much can you take them dominating the collegiate game at the age that they are when they're so much more mentally and physically developed than everybody they're playing against? But uh, Chris Duarte's shooting ability is pretty much uh, proven at this point. Um, and uh, I think the Clippers would love to have a, a dude who could contribute immediately. Yeah, and it seems like the buzz is that he likely ends up higher than this. Um 26 for Denver here. 
looking for somebody to kind of fill the Jamal Murray void a little bit while he's gone for the beginning of the year and, and fill that backup guard spot when he does come back. Um, it's Trey Mann or Cam Thomas for me, and I like Trey Mann better. Um, I, I think just Mann does the everything except just scoring for himself um, better, and I, I think that Trey Mann actually creates space for himself better with great deceleration compared to uh, Thomas just more so hitting tough shots. Um, I, I really like Trey Mann here, and that's uh, who I'm taking, 26 for Denver. 27, Brooklyn Nets. Uh, I think you're looking at some of their needs. Uh, you know, their front court rotation is, is really rough. Um, I think you're also going to need some some possible backup guards to help alleviate some of the kind of injury concerns. I'm just, I don't have a, a great favorite for them. Um, so I think I might just go with kind of a surprise pick and maybe overdraft him. But uh, I'm going to go with Herb Jones. Um, you okay. know, he's wing defender out of Alabama, possibly a five-position de- uh, defender. Uh, there's a good write-up on him on The Athletic a couple months back ago that talked about his determination to th- play through injury. Obviously, the jump shot is a concern. I don't think that you, you'll need – him shooting many jumpers in this offense. You saw uh, Bruce uh, Brown really excel uh, in, on this team. And so even if you fit the Bruce Brown role, just getting rolling to the basket, getting some steals, getting some blocks, I think he would be a really good fit. Uh, one comp that I really liked for him uh, was uh, Andre Roberson. Oh, I like that. That's yeah. a good one. Okay, I'm at Philadelphia at number 28. Man, um, I could do a whole bunch of things here, so I'm going to get a little greedy and just take another one of my dudes. JT Thorne may not be the most fantastic fit with a team that already has uh, some questionable shooters, but uh, I tend to believe that he's going to figure out a way to be a promising shooter at the next level, and goodness, I love his defensive tape. Um, I think especially if they trade Ben Simmons, um, they could use a defensive upside wing forward. Um, and you don't, I mean, maybe Kessler Edwards is a more logical pick here because his shooting is much more clear, but, uh, JT Thor is higher on my board. So I'll be greedy. There we go. I like it. Um, sitting here, Phoenix at 29. Um, interesting. A couple possible directions here. I think that. I'm going to go with Cameron Thomas. Um, you know, the scoring potential is real, and I, I think that he can fill that spot of um, that could eventually or possibly be vacated by a campaign and really just, yeah, be able to be a backup point guard for this team um, in a decent way and have some scoring upside and maybe get cleaned up a little bit with uh, Bridges and Aiton helping him out with his uh, defensive issues is probably a kind way to say it. But Cameron Thomas, 29, Phoenix. At 30 for the Utah Jazz, they have, I think they have a lot of needs on their bench. They might just be looking to take the most available player. They, they clearly need uh, someone who can be a stopper on the perimeter. Well, they have two really great forwards. Neither of them are could be considered stoppers. So might be, a, again, a little lower pick. There's better value on the board. But I'm going Aaron Henry, a defender out of Michigan State. I called, kind of described it, described him as Moses Moody Light. Um, showed a little bit of 
creation development this year. Not a great shooter from long range yet, but uh, he did show really nice percentages um, on the on the mid range and on floaters and those sort of those sort of shots. Um, so that's that's going to take him with the Jazz. Boy, I'm struggling to figure out who I want to take here for the box. Um, you know, I think they could use another combo guard. So I'm going to give them Ayo Dasunmu here. Um, clearly one of the most productive college players. Um, just looking at his raw numbers, like 20.6 rebounds. Um, fantastic all-around player. I think he falls this low just because um, there's questions on, on uh, his shooting mechanics. Um, yeah, but he seems like a, a dude that a smart team would gamble on. Uh, providing two-way value so i like it and uh you know speaking of some potential two-way value sitting here 32 with the knicks um i guess i should run through their previous picks real quick i have kai jones and miles mcbride um already taken here you know i am gonna go with josh christopher here um so I was talking about when I said speaking of the two-way and I second-guessed for a second here. Um, but I, I do like the self-creation potential that could be there um, in the right role, maybe a six-man sort of role for Josh Christopher and also plus side uh, as a defensive player as well. And, yeah, I think he's got a decent potential to him. So I'm going Josh Christopher here at 32. At 33, the uh, Magic are on the board. In the first round, they took uh, Scotty Barnes, followed by James Booknight. This is not an obvious pick for me. Uh, I do think that they, well, they have a lot of talent throughout the roster. I'm not sure that they have the center of the future. Uh, I do like Wendell Carter a bit. He had a kind of a bounce back after the trade. Uh, so I'm taking Isaiah Todd, uh, the G League at night. It's kind of more of a pick, pick and pop big than, you know, a lockdown post offender. Um, it's just a really nice shot. I think one of the things he excels at is um you know his face up scoring from the mid post and the elbow and, and his just general footwork um so i think he could be a nice spacer for them well the thunder are back on the board 34 and are you sick of hearing about how the thunder are going to take uh, upside players yet i hope not because uh, i'm going to give them bj boston um i think the first three picks we get who was the last guy we gave him keon Keon, uh, well, now BJ still makes sense. He, like he's this, he's the smart pick for a team that isn't going to have to invest a ton in him if he doesn't show something uh, within those first couple of years um, before all of their draft picks start coming in. Uh, but if he hits and his uh, self creation really improves and his shooting off the dribble really translates at the next level, uh, I think he'd be a steal there. Yeah, I like it. I think it's a pretty great fit for B.J. Boston there. Um, 35 here in New Orleans Pelicans. They've already taken a guard. They took Jared Butler at 17, uh, attempted by Bones Highland here. But I'm actually going Kessler Edwards. I think they could use more wing defense and just some role player guys there. The defensive upside is interesting. If that three-point shot um, does end up translating, I think they have a really solid role player. And once again on the board of the OKC Thunder, uh, number 36. <laughs> Just to recap, we got Singoon, we have Garuba, we have Keon Johnson, and we have BJ Boston. 
and it is highly unlikely they uh, will be able to roster this many so many players even when you're including two-way players uh the stash options are a lot tighter this year one player that hasn't been talked about as much really feels like international man of mystery though he was playing domestically 36 uh, okc will take santi aldama the stretch big out of loyola maryland he played in the patriot league um good great what he excels at is perimeter shooting as a big man obviously that strength of competition and physical development are definitely the areas for him to improve he's his frame is is needs still needs a lot of work um but um he's 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 uh he's got a lot of potential i think to to again be that stretch big um generate his own shot play at least passable defense and i think that um when you're looking at a lot of the big men in the second round, it's just, it's just what kind of big men do you, do you see your offense being uh, needing? And I like him for the thunder. I believe that was the first pick that uh, neither Brendan or I (laughs) knew off the top of our heads. (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) No, that's why, that's why we, we love having you on because uh, I, I do not joke when I say that you are a draft encyclopedia. Um, boy, I'm sitting here 37 for the Detroit Pistons with my last pick of the night. And I am going to take a dude who is highest on my board. I have him at number 22. So I probably should have take, taken him earlier, but I'm going to take Kessler Edwards out of Pepperdine. <laughs> um, you're good at this. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you. <laughs> was he, was he somebody, did we already have him? I picked? just took him. Just took him. He just took him. Oh my God. See, I'm, I'm just... I'm just thinking. You're I'm you're, just you're barely head. you're barely there. It's just like one or two picks <laughs> before you every time. Oh, I am so bad. I apologize. You are. Um, good, don't worry. The Pistons just lost their pick. <laughs> <laughs> Has that ever happened in the actual NBA draft? I think somebody it's tries happened to take like somebody. NFL, like they where they just get they they don't pick in time. But I don't know if someone's picked someone that's already been selected before. Okay, well, Pistons can do quite a few things here. Um, I guess I'll give them some guard help and take a Sean Bones Highland. Um, I know that uh, he's a promising uh, three-level scorer. Um, His three-point shooting over the last two years has been pretty dang promising. His free throw rate this year was insane. Um, I think he's pretty young for his position. Um, I don't know if he has got the... uh, like I think he's a pretty safe defender, but I don't know if he's got like the immediate defensive upside to disrupt uh, defensive wonder man uh, Corey Joseph off of that bench. But I think uh, he'd be a smart upside player. And now we're officially out of my pick, so I cannot steal another one. <laughs> <laughs> totally fine. Um, here, Chicago needs playmaking is the main thing I identify. And I think that, you know, traditionally you think of a, a guard doing that, but I'm actually going to go uh, Vrenz. Oh, God. Blengenberg. Let's see Blyton. if I got that one. What do you got? Blengenberg? No, I don't think it's right. Blengenberg. I know it's a lot easier than I think we make it out to be. Yeah, see? It makes it so easy. Yeah. There you go. But, yes, primarily looking for playmaking, and having that as 6'11 is uh, – intriguing to say the least so that's where i'm going 38 here with chicago and this takes us to our last pick nate has 39 for sacramento 
Um, and before we get there, let me just run through the rest of the draft. Um, actually, we might as well make this pick, but who are the guys that you're really taking into consideration here at Nate? I think the players I'm taking in consideration would be Jeremiah Robinson Earl, um, uh, Nemius Keda, Yuhan Begarin, and I think if the draft flowed this way, that's probably the main three oh. players I would take or I'd look at. I see one dude that I know you and I are very high on uh, for the King's second round pick. Who is this? Now, this would be uh, Jeremiah Earl Roberts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's interesting. I, I think um, Josh Primo is kind of interesting to me. Jeremiah Robertson Earl. Jeez, how did I get that backwards? <laughs> now, now Nate's sitting there like, Brian's making up players now. <laughs> You've watched, been watching way too much video. Just... Yes, I watched. And no joke, I watched like three Florida games today. So my brain is kind of scrambled. Do you consider Greg Brown here at all or no? You know, when I was doing mocks myself, I thought Greg Brown uh, could be really interesting on the Pistons with their pick at 37. I think I think Greg Brown played with Cade um, either in high school or AAU. And hmm. I think, obviously, the, I think I've mentioned this call before, but, you know, um, Jeremy Grant, he seems like he could have that outcome if everything happens. So it doesn't hurt to play behind that kind of player. Uh, it took a little bit longer to develop. Um, but I, I, I don't, sadly at this point, I don't trust the Kings front office to have that raw of a player. So, well, you know what? Last one. What about Dayron Sharp? Kind of slipped here. Yeah. Uh, well, what do you think he does well? Rebound. <laughs> uh, I think he's an underrated passer for a big man. Um, I kind of think he's a sneaky bet to shoot at the next level. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if he kind of has a Isaiah Stewart kind of breakout next year. He's not quite as physical or dominating a presence, but um, I really enjoyed watching North Carolina for only one reason this year, and it was him. Yeah, I, I just don't think he's that great of a finisher yet. Um, the advanced passing numbers were just kind of okay. like he, They weren't bad, but yeah, he was a really great rebounder. I don't know how important that is if that's the main thing your big man does um but he is he is really young as, as a freshman um he's, apparently he's lost a lot of weight and gregarious personality so he's been doing well in the interviews um but i yeah i i, I for me and what this roster has i, I like kata more just who i think is actually an even better passer also a bigger body can block is better at blocking shots um, has at the, at as high end as a Steven Adams, I think outcome. Um, oh, I like that comp, which, really you know, like it that. does, it does include, you know, all the things that we're concerned about Adams, that obviously no stretchability, you know, some struggles and kind of this lateral movements. Um, but I, so, you know, I, I'd, I'd seriously consider Kata, but you know, for me, I think I'll actually just kind of go chalk. This is the guy I've mocked before. If he's available, Jeremiah Robinson Earl. Um, he's definitely more of a traditional power forward, which you know kind of scared me away at first. But again, you just you just look at the Kings roster and you and you see who who's there, and 
make a guess on who's leaving. They just really need some front court depth. And, um, you know, I think, you know, the Villanova, Villanova players have shown to be pretty strong NBA contributors early on. Um, I think the value's there. Um, and I think, you know, if you like another big man at this point in the draft, it, you know, it, it's still possible to negotiate their way to undrafted with a, you know, a promise of a guaranteed deal uh, as an undrafted free agent. I don't know who that would be. Maybe it's a Jericho Sims, you know, maybe it's, um, maybe it's even um, Sandro Mamukushvili, uh, who reminds me of Brad Miller. Again, not a center that, you know, screams modern NBA, but I think there's a little Brad Miller to his game that could be interesting in this offense uh, as a, you know, 10 minute a game backup center. I, I really like Moses Wright as well as an undrafted center. So I'm not super tied to thinking that the, you know, center addition needs to come in the second round um, because some really interesting players could, could be available. Yeah, it's perfect. Jeremiah Robinson Earl can play over Robert Woodard and drive me insane. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like well, to play I them would... together. Yeah. Yeah. I, think I agree. Funny. Um, despite me getting his name completely wrong, he is my favorite pick here left on the board. Um, he's going to be in my top 30. Um, I think that he is a, uh, a very, he's probably my favorite stretch big left in the draft. Um, I think he's a very smart high instinct player on both ends of the court. Uh, if they walked away with him in the second round, I'd be celebrating. Yeah. As would I. Okay. So, this completes our 39 pick mock to go through here um, and stop me. If there's anything that stands out to you that you want to talk on. Um, but Cade Cunningham first to the Pistons second, the Rockets took Jalen green third, the Cavaliers took Evan Mobley Toronto Raptors fourth, take Jalen Suggs Orlando magic fifth, take Scotty Barnes, the thunder take Alperin Shangoon six Moses Moody goes to the warriors at seven, eight is James book Knight to the magic. The Kings end up taking Franz Wagner, a uh, very on-brand pick there, Nate, uh, for this podcast at nine. The Memphis Grizzlies are happy that Jonathan Kuminga fell to 10. Charlotte Hornets at 11 take Josh Giddy. Jalen Johnson goes to San Antonio at pick 12. 13 is Zaire Williams to the Indiana Pacers. And the last pick of the lottery was the Warriors taking Davion Mitchell. Um, what stood out to you guys there in the lottery? I think the thing that stands out is you're looking at just a lot of um, two to fours, you know, or, or a lot of, a lot of wings, a lot of big men. Um, someone is probably going to drop and someone's going to rise. And so again, thinking Kaminga goes 12 is crazy. There's just going to be something crazy that happens. So it's just good to take a, take a flyer on that. Yeah, totally. Those wings um, after the top four, Barnes, Moody, Booknight, Wagner, Kuminga, Giddy, Johnson, Zaire, all guys. That's what we've been talking about for months now. The the strength of this class is in the wings and forward. So. Yeah. Um, and, and then the rest of the picks here, 15, Washington, just outside the lottery, took Corey Kispert. 16, the Thunder take Usman Garuba. 17, the Pelicans took Jared Butler. 18, Keon Johnson went to the Thunder. 19, the Knicks took Kai Jones. 20, the Atlanta Hawks, Jaden Springer. The New York Knicks at 21 again, Miles McBride. 22 for the Lakers is Trey Murphy. 
23 is Isaiah Jackson for the Rockets and the Rockets pick again at 24 and selected Sharif Cooper. Then 25, the Clippers took Chris Duarte. 26, Trey Mann to the Denver Nuggets. 27, the Brooklyn Nets, Herb Jones. 28, Philadelphia 76ers took JT Thor. Um, guys should have ended up in OKC. I can't believe we whiffed on that one. Um, <laughs> 29, Phoenix Suns took Cameron Thomas. And the last, last pick of the first round was Aaron Henry to the Utah Jazz at pick 30. And the final nine of our mock here, 31, Milwaukee took A.O. DeSumnu. Um, uh, not going to try again. Uh, 32, the New York Knicks took Josh Christopher. 33, Magic took Isaiah Todd. B.J. Boston, 34 to OKC. The Pelicans at 35 took Kessler Edwards. Uh, 36, the Thunder took Santi Aldama. 37, the Pistons took Bones Highland. 38, Chicago takes friends Bleisenberg. And 39, the Sacramento Kings take Jer Jeremiah Robinson Earl. I, I feel really good if the outcome you're coming um, away from Thursday is Franz Wagner and Jeremiah Robinson Earl. I, I feel really, Absolutely. really good about that outcome. Yeah, I think that's a, a, a smart core there. Um, that uh, Kings, if the Kings walk away with that, I'm I'm thrilled. Is there a, is there a player you would have either of you guys would have taken instead? At nine, no, Franz would have been my pick. Or I mean, at thirty-two, yeah. Oh, uh, I would have considered Quentin Grimes just for the uh, another floor spacer when you event, uh, inevitably trade Buddy. Um, but no, I. I I, I completely agree. Jeremiah Robertson Earl is it was my pick too. Yeah, um, that's probably where I would have gone at thirty nine. Um, the other names that I like there were already taken, and my board's only about forty deep. So I will say, don't feel great about my knowledge of thirty nine. Um, but at nine, I, I mean, I think I, I would have had to go on Franz Wagner as well. Um, I would have felt fine if Kuminga was the pick, but. Like I would have understood, but I would have been really scared for the reasons mentioned before, just like how raw he is and the timing and, and molding that is going to take for Kaminga to even approach that hypothetical ceiling that everyone talks about. That is really apparent with his fluidity and movement um, and creation ability at his size and strength. So it's there. Like, I mean, Brian, would you have been uh, annoyed if Kaminga was the pick in this situation? No. No, I wouldn't. I, I would be um, half terrified, but not annoyed. You, you can't you can't look at Jonathan Kuminga's physical talent and uh, two way upside and and come out of the draft annoyed. Um, equal parts super excited and petrified, but no, not annoyed. Yeah, Nate, can I ask you if if Franz Wagner would have gone to Orlando at eight, um, and your decision is? you know, Kuminga or Book Knight, Giddy, whatever other names you want to throw in there is, is Kuminga the guy or, or what do you look at at that point? I mean, I think I would go uh, against type and go Giddy um, just because, as you mentioned before, you, you know, you really do, you know, when you're looking really high, you, you want to look for something that's, that the player really excels at. What do they do at a unique level? And, you know, Giddy, despite being, you know, physically un underdeveloped because, you know, he is only 18 years old going on 19. Um, you know, he, he was a really good rebounder in a tough league and a really good passer. Um, so, you know, I, I think that, I think it might be really interesting 
to actually really look at that. Like Kaminga is given maybe more credit for playing okay in the G League compared to Giddy excelling in the NBL. And it's very know, true. And I know the NBL is still it's it's a league that's on on the rise. They've actually made a lot of very interesting signings uh, of, of young players, including players that pull out of this draft that may be in the next draft. Uh, it's a league on the rise, but it's a tough league. So if your concerns about Giddy is that he's not tough enough, yeah, uh, I wouldn't be as worried about that. And if you're concerned about the shooting, I think the shooting can improve as he adds strength. Um, I think uh, some don't believe that he needs the ball in his hands all the time. And if true, then that would be a really interesting uh, kind of ball creation combination with Fox and Halliburton and Giddy. Um, I think it can really enable whatever other bigs that they bring in, uh, whether diamonds in the rough that they might find in free agency or just, you know, uh, if whatever outcome happens with Holmes and Bagley, if either and or both was here to have three creators that can help set them up uh, in the post on rolls. Um, you know, if, 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 if Bagley couldn't succeed with three, basically point guards playing with him, his career would be in a really, yeah. really <laughs> rough spot. Yeah. But yeah. he probably will not be here. So, right. Yeah. yeah. I think it would be an interesting conversation, but um, yeah, I mean, as we've been preaching forever and I think we're going to do until this very last end of this episode, um, day before the draft, it's Moses Moody or Franz Wagner. That's my right. Am I right uh, there, Bryant? Yeah, it is still for me. Um, trade trading back is I, I I think that trading back is more of an option than I felt it was even a month ago. Um, especially if you can get a pair of those picks. Uh, and I applaud Monty McNair and the squad for bringing in such a large contingent of players across the draft board. Um, seriously, we are a, a massive jump from uh, the Vladi years when they really just struggled to bring anybody in. Um, so I'm glad they're really doing their homework. And uh, But like we just keep talking about, there will be a whole bunch of dudes who we'd uh, at least – understand a case for at nine but the two for me that i would pretty much only consider there is uh one of moses moody or franz Wagner. and i just i just piggyback on what brian said and and that might seem like it might just seem like a process thing to have this many prospects that come through and it may be showing good face but the reality is that that's really shows that they have good relationships with agents and that really might help them in the second round, undrafted free agents, and really, really improving that developmental pipeline um, to to get the, those diamonds in the rough. I think I, I I feel a lot more confident, you know, having thought that through. That 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 team that plays at the California Classic might have some players that become more than just fan favorites. Yeah, you're exciting me. I already got my tickets. So. <laughs> I cannot wait to watch Franz Wagner average 12 points in summer league and everybody slander me the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have to set realistic understanding of who Franz Wagner is as soon as, uh, as soon as the draft is over, because uh, I, I feel like uh, King's Twitter still doesn't get it. And he wouldn't actually average 12 points, but whatever. whatever. Yeah. He'd probably average nine. Well, if you, yeah, if you exactly. can show up in a, in a, like an Andre Kirilenko Jersey and just 
be all it was crazy. Yeah. Oh, I would love this outcome. Um, I've also really loved this draft cycle. It, it came a lot quicker than last last seasons did, but last season also had um, the extended break with the the COVID layoff and all that. Um, so yeah, I'm definitely enjoyed this draft cycle, and we obviously have our crushes. I know. Shen Goon has a lot of fans out there as well. I would talk myself into the pick at nine, even if it's not the direction I would go. Um, it seems like there's a chance, you know, there's there's talk flying around that um, the Kings are interested in Shen Goon. Um, we know that he was rocking Crocs in a bucket hat outside of Golden One Center, and it's pretty appealing. Oh. So, um, I mean, it's, that's, <laughs> that's about as relatable as he's going to get because the rest is 6'11", MVP of a Turkish league at 18, so... Well, if we have the Moody Mafia and the Shangunis, what is what is the Franz? Is it the Franz? Like is it the Franz wagon? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not. So, a, it's so lame that you have to say the it's so wagon, lame. right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now we it, once once he's the pick, we just need to unleash the most creative minds on King's Twitter to finding a much better nickname. Wow! Now I have to figure something out. Me and uh, me and what is it? J Money on Twitter. We have our Michigan yeah. fan. Yeah, we'll we'll band together and figure something out here. Yeah, and by then we'll will Will Griffith will have talked himself into uh, into Franz, and and he can probably help you come up with something. Yeah, and I can't wait for every missed shot to be my fault. Here we go. <laughs> so, uh, all right, guys. Well, thanks for doing this, and uh, the draft coverage that the last bit that we have is going to be up on Kings Herald before the draft gets here. Uh, you're going to have a big board. I think I'm going to have a big board. At very least, I'm going to tweet out my big board, um, but yours will be up there. I may have one more profile as well. Um, definitely follow Nate at Journalist Nate on Twitter as well, um, and check out all the rest of the work at the Kings Herald, and take a look at the Patreon to support local independent Kings coverage. And if you enjoyed this episode of the Kings Pulse podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review, and you'll hear from us again in the next couple of days. Moody or Wagner.